1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. We're going to talk about how to get some rest during the holidays with Marcy Scyther. She calls herself a creative storyteller. Her biggest joy, besides being married to John, is raising those six kids we're telling you about who have all flown the nest and creating memories and messes with her six grandkiddos and baking up anything that includes butter. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be good. Good morning to you, Marcy. Hey, good morning, Tabby and Tom. How are you guys doing? You know, we're doing great. I just have to ask, you've got six kids. The holidays have got to be crazy, especially with grandkids as well. So how do you do it? How do you juggle all of it? Well, sometimes it's been more gracious than others. I have to admit, sometimes it just gets so it would just get so overwhelming. And I remember one year when somebody was saying, oh my gosh, it's only 60 days till Christmas. And I thought, yep, and 61 till it's over. <laughs> and I, I think sometimes we do feel like that because, and then I realized I actually did that to myself. Like I put myself in that situation and I really kind of had to think about, is this the kind of legacy I want to leave to my kids that they, you know, that they kind of are super excited about Christmas, but they kind of more are excited when it's over. And mm. so it did kind of make me have a little time to step back and just say, wow, what are we really, what are we really celebrating? Are we celebrating the hustle and bustle and the stress, or are we really stopping to celebrate what the season means? And so it kind of changed my perspective a little bit. Wow. So we're talking with Marcy Scyther about how to get some holiday rest in the hustle bustle and uh, or they call it a hustle and a bustle. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm wondering, Marcy, what were some of the things that y'all were doing that made it even more stressful than just having six kids in the house? I think the fact that we signed up for everything and I just think it's so easy to just say yes, because you can and not because you should. And so mm-hmm. I just remember thinking, oh, sure, we can do that. We can do that. Oh, you need homemade cookies? Sure, I can do that. I can do that. Mm-hmm. And so in the end, you're so depleted. And the people that you're really trying to serve, which is your family, they are the ones who sometimes get shortchanged because you have said yes to everybody else except what the season means. And so one year I just told the kids, and I, I did tell the kids, hey, Jesus only got three gifts. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, um, that's all you're getting this year. Yeah. (laughs) And downsizing it a little bit made a big difference. And then also just 
letting the kids say, what are the most important things that we do in this season that you would really be mournful if we didn't do? So we didn't bake a gingerbread house every single year. We might rotate that with some of the other bigger baking days, but then there were some standards that we had to do. Like we had to make the fudge. We had to do dipped pretzels. We did um, uh, a lot of things with as a family, but we sure didn't do every single thing there was in the schedule. And what happened is by doing that, it kind of opened up some areas of um, rest, of places to breathe. And so we actually did, I think, more after we started doing that because we weren't so overscheduled. And so that made a huge difference. And I know now we have six grandkids and you're just trying to think of the perfect gift and all those things. And it, it can be kind of stressful. And so just think about what are the things that really last and mm-hmm. what can you do? Maybe it's an experience. I mean, we just went to our one son lives in Nashville. So instead of getting him a gift, what we did is we went to a hockey game and we bought hockey tickets mm-hmm. and that's what we did with him. Or we put money towards a zoo membership or something that we can do with our kids or our grandkids. Um, I instead love- of just something. I'm sorry. Is, oh, no, that's I was just saying instead of something else that they are going to have to take to Goodwill the next year. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love experiential gifts. So those are gifts to me, something we can do together. So what's something that's caught your attention in regard to rest this year? Well, so I wrote, I just wrote a book for, with Tyndale called Lakeside Retreat, 40 Devotions from a Restful Shore. And I did not realize how much I actually needed that mm-hmm. rest. But in the busyness of life, we do forget to stop and rest. And I was at a church one one Sunday um, with my mom and my sister, and they had a bell choir. So I was super excited. I saw all the women come out, and they had these matching vests on. I'm like, oh, these are kind of like Girl Scouts in big people bodies. <laughs> you know, like they all <laughs> match. <laughs> and I just thought, well, that's part of their uniform. That's okay. And then they started playing the bells. And when they played the bells, they would have to put the bell to their shoulders to stop the sound. Mm -hmm. So if you've done music before, you know that a rest on a music line, you know, there's a half note, there's whole notes, but there's also rests. And I was asking a friend who had been in a bell choir, you know, if you're playing music, you know to not play at that rest. But what if it's a bell? What if it's clanging? What if the, what if the, what if the clapper has hit and it is resonating and it's making that tone. What is that called? How do you get that rest in there? And she said, well, that's why they put them to their shoulders to stop that, stop that noise. I said, but what is that called? If you don't come to a complete stop when you're doing the handbells and she said, well, it muddies it and the sound just runs all together and pretty soon it's a mess. And the proper term for that is it's called bleeding. And I thought, wow, that to me was so impactful. The fact that if we do not come to a complete stop, we actually are bleeding out. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that's that that just explains my to-do list. That explains my my schedule book right there is that I don't come to a complete stop. And I am bleeding out all the time. And I think, I think especially women around the holidays, when we are 
just going from one thing to the next and we're just addressing everybody's needs around us and trying to make sure that candles are lit and the music is just right. And we're thinking of, you know, yeah, but 61 till it's over. If we're in that spot, it could be that we are not coming to a complete stop. And I just think, you know, isn't it so interesting that in the fullness of time, I wonder how silent it was when Jesus was born, like the world stopped. Mm. And so I just think for us, Christmas is a great time to think about that part of the story, that coming to a full stop, allowing the allowing us to breathe instead of bleed. And I just think that's an important thing when we're running into the holidays. Wow, that there's so many wonderful things that you just said there, yeah. Marcy, especially running into the holidays and then also bleeding our time. And as we're wrapping up here together, there's somebody who's struggling through this right now. And if you're uh, if you could just spend some one on one time across a table with them, what is the one thing that you would suggest that they do this Christmas season to enter into a season of rest? I just want to encourage whoever that is, that is feeling um, so stretched thin that they are about ready. They feel like one of those stretch Armstrong toys from, um, from years gone mm-hmm. past. But I just want to encourage them that resting is something that actually is not just a slacker. You're not a slacker when you're resting. Actually, the Lord calls us to rest. Be still and know that I am God. He calls us to come to a complete stop so that we can turn our affections and our attention and our ear to the things that matter. And I kind of broke it down into R-E-S-T. So rest, R, is to resonate. What resonates within you that, um, that you want to last to the next to your children and your children's children. And anytime that there is a, a tone, if you think of a tuning fork, if you have two different tuning forks, it's called dissonance. There's tension there. And so what are we tuning our hearts to? Is it to the Lord or is it to the world? Because if it's to trying to do both, there's going to be tension. It's going to have dissonance. So just think about resonating. What resonates deep and how can you tune your heart and your ear to that? And then E is expectation. What are our expectations? Do we have false expectations? You know, there's a big difference between I want a pony when we're a child to I want peace on earth. Well, both of those might not be attainable. (laughs) And if we have hung our hat on the fact that we won't be happy until we see both, then um, what is it that we are um, really expecting? Because maybe those expectations aren't realistic. And then S is stamina. And the fact that as we go into the season, it's okay to put, um, to, to just put into mind the fact that everything can't be done. And I know for me, I know this might sound selfish, but I actually started calling January because it seems like we pull push everything off. It's like the closet or the drawer that nobody wants anybody to open because it's so full of everything you couldn't put away at the last minute. Mm-hmm. It kind of feels like that's the end of our year because during the holidays, we have just shoved everything to the side. So I've started purposefully clearing my January and I call it Jan Noary. So I don't take anything new on in January so that I can have the stamina to finish well all the way to the end of the season. Mm. Um, 
And then T is thankfulness. When we come to the season with an attitude of gratitude and that thankful heart, that does that kind of plows the field for for a good harvest. And so I just think rest um, is, you know, resonate. What are your expectations? How do we build in stamina? And what does it look like when we are thankful? And the world is watching. So when we are at rest, then not only is our life happier, but we actually can show the world who desperately needs um, the truth, who desperately needs, you know, a light and a dark place, what Christmas actually means. And so I would just encourage that person that it's okay to stop and to think about what do those things mean in your life, because you will reflect those to others.